Surprise, surprise, surprise. We're back, but we really didn't go anywhere except underground like every single person here in the world. Wow, what is going on, folks? It's time to get mean-spirited. There was a groundswell from the Army. We got to have another episode. You guys kept asking, and I'm going to go ahead and deliver. A few things going on with the quarantine. Lots of food making. I mean, I feel like I'm working out twice as much, but I'm eating three times as much. So that's not a good recipe for anything. Um, lots of delicious things I've baked many, many cookies. Uh, I got some brownies a few times. It's just this coronavirus is just an excuse for everybody to get super fat. Um, and it's an excuse to really irritate rich guys. Isn't it crazy how all the rich guys in the world were saying that this isn't going to be a big deal. Go to life as normal. It's just like the common cold and now they're all losing their shit and wanting everyone to get back to work because they're not making any money oh angry white guys silver-haired white men ruin everything i think that's always the moral of the story um rich old white guys they'll they'll really wreck it um as far as entertainment goes Lots of Netflix, lots of Amazon Prime, Hulu, uh, YouTube Deep Dives, lots of good stuff on there, YouTube Deep Dives about the um, crack epidemic and how our government contributed to it. I'm reading it or listening to a good audio book right now called Chaos by Tom O'Neill. Phenomenal stuff about the Manson family and the government's role with that in the 60s. Definitely check that out if you can. Uh, the last dance is probably occupying everybody's mind that's going to be listening to this mj and the bulls from the last season the 97 98 season Um, i was just a wee lad in school it was phenomenal to get to watch the first episode i had goosebumps through the whole thing i was so excited Um, ended up watching each episode so far three or four times so um, obviously plenty of time to watch tv and stuff like that with no sports on Um, timmy williamson i'm going to give him a shout out right now because he's up in our series five games to three actually six games to three um so i thought i'd be taking him i'm really not right now so i'll get, have to get after that but aside from that we're gonna get jan on here nba insider jan Ixman, the post office playboy are you there jan all right man jan i appreciate you joining me here today i, I know it's been tough to get a hold of one another with the bunkers and being in lockdown here but thank god for the last dance Oh, great. You know, no complaints here. Just living the dream, watching nothing on TV but The Office reruns that I've watched 250 times apiece. Yeah, I think you really can't go wrong with The Office. I'm just watching random guys play uh, video games on YouTube now. Like, that's, that's my okay. thing. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's exciting. I mean, you, you can't be more pathetic than a 30-year-old man watching other 30-year-old men play video games so it's great i i hear you well you you can be just a touch i've uh, i've recruited other uh mid-30s men into a video game league so it's you know you've been there before it's it's quite a rocky rocky road at this point i've been there but at least i feel like i have to you know put some put some skill on the table here this is just me watching people play video games but i'll be honest with you it's better than, you know, what I normally do, which is freak out about the coronavirus all day. How I'm going to get it. It's going to kill me. So this is a, a, a real boost. Yeah. It, it, a, a welcome a welcome vacation. Yeah, right now we're looking at uh, WWF SmackDown, Rock vs. Stone Cold from 2003. Oh, wow. Uh, that, that's what we got playing right now. That's going to be, uh, should be phenomenal. <laughs> the fucking rabbit holes were going down. Well, the last dance has probably saved all sports fans. It wasn't going to be released until June. They saw the opportunity, moved it up to April so people didn't start jumping off buildings. And it's been, we're through six episodes right now. It's been six of the best sports documentaries I've ever seen. I've watched all of them three times already. I can't get enough of it. Are you loving it? I am loving it, man. This is it's probably my favorite thing outside of that uh, WNBA draft. So mm-hmm. it's great, man. I mean, you get to see Jordan in a way that you've never been able to see him before. Obviously, you know, without without saying too much, he is the greatest basketball player ever. And this shows you why 
from from the start, and I'm really a big fan of the callbacks that they do. Yeah. Like, yeah, we know this is all about the last season and, and, and what happened there, what transpired, but it plays back, you know, stuff that, again, I remember watching Jordan crush the Blazers, you know, with my grandpa when I was like six years old, seven years old. Like, stuff like, it's it just nostalgic. It's great to watch, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, one thing that I really have enjoyed when they're doing the callbacks is the way they're letting kind of other people talk about Jordan. And then when they bring it back to Jordan and he's in, you know, a pair of Bermuda shorts and a T-shirt and he's still the coolest guy in the room. It's been great. Um, people, I can't believe how many people under 25 don't realize how amazing he was. And it's it's been great to get to watch it again. I think... He was ready to release this documentary because they've been sitting on it for 20 years. I think he got tired of the LeBron goat talk and he he decided to lay down the hammer one more time and show why he's the best. Well, exactly. And again, the, the LeBron goat talk to me is super, super ridiculous because it, it, you're really comparing, obviously, two different eras but two different players. I mean, if you want to say... Kobe's closer to Jordan. I could see that because they were very similar players and in, in how they just had to do nothing but win. LeBron to me seems like he does everything he does to appease everybody else. And, and I think that is probably one of the biggest signs of weakness that he has, which, you know, in my opinion, is, is one of the big reasons why he's not the greatest player ever and won't be the greatest player ever when, it, when it's all said and done. They're absolutely different players. Um, Kobe, to me, is my... We've talked about our top tens before. I have LeBron at number three. I know that's significantly higher than where you had him. Um, but I think Kobe is the two. I think Michael Jordan's... His his one is way ahead of the two. But the two is also way ahead of the three. Um, I just think their games were different as far as their intensity and everything else and willingness to bring it every night and not turn it on and off for the playoffs. But... One thing about LeBron is he has been kind of smart about his stances on things. I mean, he's got a he's got almost a perfect PR rating outside of the decisions. You know, outside of that free agency special, he's kind of batting a thousand, but he never really sticks his toe into anything, and that's kind of what they got on MJ about in the documentary. Yeah, and, and again, I, I think you're exactly right, but it, it just shows how how safe LeBron plays everything. I mean, look at look at every move he's made outside of the decision, right? Yeah. It has been what allows me to have the best chance to not look bad, yep. even though most times it backfires, right? So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do the decision. Well, yeah, it, it was for charity and it was donations for kids, but it also was me taking the safe route and going, I'm gonna play with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade in Miami. I'm going to leave Cleveland and go there. Oh, I'm going to go back to Cleveland, but I'm going to make sure we've got a, we've got a pretty solid team. Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving. Every move he makes is a move to just put him in a position where he can be safe and, and can get out of it or, or, or make somebody else escape him. In, in, in a lot of things that he's done, it's him deflecting blame or doing that. Every team that Jordan was on, that was Jordan's team. Yep. Win, lose, whatever. I was toward the team with LeBron. You look at even his couple of championship runs that he's had. I mean, Wade was huge. Bosh was huge. Ray Allen's three, huge. Yep. Kyrie Irving put that team on his back in the fourth quarter in that game seven. So a lot of LeBron's stuff is is safe plays, if you ask me. You know, I I can agree with that a hundred percent. I think the difference as much in their games and intensity is the same thing I, I think about their careers. Jordan was an athlete who became a business. LeBron really started out in it kind of of no fault of his own. I mean, if you offer me a hundred million at 18, I'm going to take it too. But he started off as a business that's also an athlete. And I think there's a distinct difference between the two because the way Jordan attacked the game, and this is the reason why, the main reason why I think he is so much better than LeBron, it's not even close from one to three, is because the intensity that he brought. He played 80 to 82 games a year. 
He brought it every single night. He brought it in the postseason, too. And LeBron, you know, he plays 65, 70 games a year. And he turns it up in the playoffs, which is, you know, fine for this time of basketball. But for an overall basketball fan, I want the guy who's going to be bringing it 100% of the time. And shit, I was watching the Knicks and Bulls from 93. Pippen and Jordan were trapping that entire game full court. They were going, it was, you'd never see LeBron do that. You know, you'd see a guy like Kawhi do it maybe. In fact, if I'm the Clippers next year in the playoffs, I'm I'm incorporating a full court trap with Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just, but just that kind of intensity. Um, and also too, with the losses, every time the Bulls lost, it wasn't on anyone else. It was, it was always Michael, and when they won, it was always Michael as well. But with LeBron, whenever they lose, it's the team. And when they win, it's because he's so great, and he makes his teammates better. And he, again, makes his teammates better, absolutely. But he can't, you know, his passing skills, look at Jordan's. Jordan averaged, what, six assists for his entire career? People don't talk about that. And he was playing in a much different, slower-paced game. funny when you think, because I, I was looking into this a little bit, and, and obviously I think you're a little more uh, uh, generous in your positioning of LeBron. You're, you're one to three. I'm one to nine, and I was just being nice because my first list had Jordan is like one to ten. <laughs> the, the, the thing that I look at there is, is Jordan, even the year that he was with the, the Wizards, right? So he takes his, his second, second retirement in, you know, a ten-year period. Yep. And comes back and was like 25 and 5. And they only him and like T Mac that year averaged that. Like, who at 38, 39 years old can do that after a second retirement with the Washington Wizards? Yeah. You know? I mean, LeBron has been so fortunate to be surrounded by absolute stars. And I know you'll go, there are people who say, hey, oh, Scottie Pippen was great. Yeah, Scottie Pippen was great. Mm-hmm. Dennis Rodman was great. But like, Kyrie Irving's a pretty damn good player. Kevin Love, Dwayne Wade. I mean, I I, I see three Hall of Famers. Chris Bosh. I mean, no, we don't even remember Chris Bosh, and Chris Bosh was an All Star every year. Yeah, he was huge. He was huge in Toronto. Yeah. And honestly, if he didn't have the the blood clots in his lungs that he ended up having, I think the team that ends up being you know Wade and Bosh for the next few years is a pretty solid team. They contend in the East. Not to mention how soft the East has been in the years that LeBron has been there, and, and how I mean it's basically been a cakewalk. Let's be honest, you know. Yeah, the East has not been strong for a while. The East hasn't been strong since. I mean, it, well, since the Heat were together, I think. I, I think the the Cavaliers were able to walk through the conference, and really, once the Heat were in their second season together. Boston wasn't the same anymore anyways, so they had a nice cakewalk too, which Jordan had to was getting beat up by the Celtics and the Pistons his first five or six years in the league. And then afterwards, it was the Knicks that were ascending. It was, um, you know, the Trailblazers were still good. Yeah, I mean, the Eastern Conference, I mean, when you, even when you watch the documentary, they'll tell you Cleveland was a legit team back then. Yeah. The Pacers were a legit team. Nope. The you know the Knicks were were messing people up. I mean, you had Hall of Fame players. You had one of the best centers in NBA history, and he went against them. Or I think it was what they said they played six times a year instead of the yep. four that you get now. I mean, completely, completely different league. And and not to mention just watching the video and seeing how physical the NBA was then. And and I I I know. You're gonna hear like, oh well, you can breathe on on Jordan and you get fouled. But I mean, just watch the video, yeah, watch come the on. highlights. I mean, this guy is getting double team, triple team, zone, knockdown, and he had to go to the line. He had to make his free throws, and it was a constant, relentless hit, one after another. I mean, I, no, no offense, LeBron is probably one of the biggest floppers in the league too, outside of like Tony Parker and like Vlade Divac. Yes, know? yes. So. It would be comical to see him in that realm having to do that. I think I think Jordan would probably average forty points a game in the league today, quite honestly. Yeah, I do too. I think fifty or sixty is a little ridiculous, but I think the way he played and people say too, oh, he 
he shot poorly from the field. No, he didn't. He was deadly from the mid-range. If you look, he actually shot 50, almost 60% for his career in the mid-range. That's crazy. And if he played now, he would have just adapted the three as part of his game, but that wasn't part of the game then. Yeah, and, and when you look at his, I mean, his overall percentage, especially in, in playoffs, man, the guy was on fire. Even in games where he would lose, he, it, he, he showed up win or lose pretty much every single game. I mean, I've seen playoff appearances where LeBron has gone yes. completely vacant for, you know, two quarters, three quarters and a half. I, I, I've seen, you know, no joke, J.J. Barea post this guy up. Jason Perry's scoring numbers go up from the season in the finals, guard against LeBron. Like, how did that happen? Especially, look at the defense. Michael Jordan was a, was a supremely phenomenal defender that he doesn't get enough credit for compared to LeBron's help side defense behind, you know, uh, help side blocks that he gets and, and that type of, you know, defense that he plays. It's completely different. Absolutely. The difference in that, I mean, like we said about picking somebody up full court and to have somebody like Pippen, who's just another predator on defense, I, I felt bad watching that game. I was like, oh, shit, I'd never be able to get that ball up court. Um, it, it's the documentary has shown kind of a light on just how many MJ moments there are, though. I mean, we're through six, and I've set, I think I've watched eight or nine different things now that have given me goosebumps watching it that I remember watching as a kid. Like, my go-to moment for him is during the Lakers game when he went up and switched the hands and dropped it in with the left. I don't know why it's just my favorite thing, and it reminds me of the uh, Sports Illustrated cover that came out the next week. What was your MJ go-to moment that you think of, like the first thought that when someone says Jordan? So the, the first one for me is, is the final shot he hits against Utah. Yep. Um, because it's... It, it's such a huge shot. I mean, it's on the road. It's in front of everybody. It's And again, when you put it in the context of the documentary, it is his last game at this point. Now, we didn't know he was going to come back and play for Washington, but this was it for him. This yep. was the last shot that he could potentially ever take and make in his career. And he hit it. And he just cold-blooded like he always did. Knocked it down, put it through. So that, that to me, is like my, my ultimate Jordan moment that I'll never forget and the, the the one that I keep seeing now in the documentary which when I see it to me is even more iconic is that fist pump when he hits that shot in Cleveland over Elo like that yep. to me is just is just incredible man just just the energy the passion all that stuff is awesome so it's kind of hard but there's a lot of great moments that he has um, but it, it's cool to see those over and over again and just realize how many moments there actually were, you know? And I, I, I agree. I think it's badass, too, that he was yelling, go the fuck home, go the fuck home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that and the competitor in him, too. I love the fact that it goes into his gambling stuff um, because, you know, like David Stern said, it was more than you or I would gamble, but it was fine for him. Um, he, it, just the ultimate competitor in everything. And then you see his family, and everyone's like 5'8", 5'9", 5'6", 5'8", He's just a freak standing out amongst everybody. I, I can imagine being the little brother, though, in, a fam- in the family of athletes. That's why he is so competitive. But, man, th- that's enough. Again, that's the big difference, I think, between him and LeBron. Just things like that. I mean... I think LeBron's a nerd. I'm going to come right out and say it. I think he's just a sports nerd. I think he was, you know, he's got his group of friends and all that. But I think LeBron's a nerd. Like, MJ, despite baggy jeans, a shitty Hitler mustache, and gold, a big gold hoop earring, he's still the coolest guy. Like, even when he wears that, he's the coolest guy there is. Yeah, he's the only guy that can wear a Jack Sparrow uh, hoop earring and still look like he's a bad motherfucker. I mean... The guy sitting there in a t-shirt and shorts, yep. khaki shorts, holding a, a glass on a white, you know, chair, is like the coolest motherfucker ever doing those things. Yeah, he, he like transcends everything. Like, there's nothing that that guy can do that doesn't make him look cool. I mean, even they show the suits, man. He wore suits that like 
were made for 300 pound people and, and just wore it and, and he just looked cool. He just had a presence about him that is just different. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I get what you're saying with the LeBron, you know, being kind of nerd. It's just a different time. There's, there's just a different acceptance where we have, like, you know, LeBron was anointed the best, you know, or the next best thing since Jordan when he was in high school. Yep. You know, Jordan was getting cut from his team in high school. You know, like, I, I feel like there's a little bit of an entitlement for LeBron, which which obviously shows in, in you know, again, like, character-wise, he's a, good, he's a good dude, so I don't want to knock for that. But in the decisions that he's made, it's, oh, well, I'm entitled to have this. Yes. Every organization he has left, he has destroyed them. Yes. When he's left because of the sh- because of the selfish decisions that he makes, it's all about LeBron in the moment. I mean, and I get he wants to have the leverage, but that's just where again he thinks of it as the business rather than it's the sport and it's about winning. One hundred percent, and it, and, it, and, it, and again, it just shows like there's just a different mentality between the two. Jordan was, I, I have a chip on my shoulder, I have to show you that I'm the best, and, and it can't even be close. Like, I have to be the best by the longest margins of being the best. Where LeBron is, well, you know what, I, 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 I want to be a billionaire, I want to be a mogul, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to have, a, you know, all my hands on these different pots. He's a business first, and he's an athlete second. Jordan was an athlete first, second, third, fourth, and fifth, yep. and Nike made him a business. Yep. When he retired, he became an actual business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, when we talk about that, it's, and again, it's not LeBron's fault. He's not a bad, but it's just, he's corny as shit. But again, again freak athlete and everything like that, but Jordan would have torn his heart out if they played one-on-one or did something to the death which, you know, I, they're basketball players. No one's doing anything to the death. But um, it's just great getting to watch his highlights again and all of it and get this. I love when he was flipping quarters with the security guard for who can get the quarter closest to the wall. He was so pissed that the guy beat him. And the guy beat him on his first throw, too. Like, that shut him down. Yeah, I mean, and that probably fucked his day up. Like, oh, yeah. As weird as that is, one of, a guy that's going to go out there and dunk on Patrick Ewing right now and go for his sixth title. Alan Houston probably got fouled super hard that night. Oh, absolutely. Like, he took it out on somebody. Yeah. One way or another. The competitiveness went into everything. And and that's why, like, you know, you you understand that gambling addiction that he had. Oh, yeah. Because... It's it's a fierce and, and and you know they tried to portray it a little bit as oh, kind of a knock on him like oh that was his it was his bad thing but Jordan oh. you know losing a mill in a weekend is like most people losing ten dollars on a weekend betting on you know a pickup yeah exactly it's, it's irrelevant you know it's a drop in the bucket and makes no difference in his life. It's just a competition thing. I mean, hell, he'd play the the $5 games with his teammates in the front of the bus just to take their money. I love it. Absolutely. And yeah, he, B.J. Armstrong. He just yeah. wanted to take B.J. Armstrong's money yeah. because his money felt better to spend. Exactly. And that's like, and again, that goes to like some core DNA mentality stuff. You can't teach people to be like that. No. It's somebody that would would flip a, you know, flip a, a, a fucking table over playing Monopoly. It's just... It's just in them. They have to be the best. Yes, absolutely. It, it's the the core different. You know, I, I've said it many times already here, so I'm just going to keep leaning on this verbal crutch of the competitiveness too. Of like, um, I've got to win at all of this, and with his teammates, like he drove them and pushed them, and it would cause fights and everything else. But he finally would get them to his level as far as being a killer out there. You know, you've got to not show emotion unless they push you to the brink, and then you've got to be ready to fight. I'll fight for you guys, everything like that. That was his style of leadership is do everything I'm doing. Let me show you. LeBron seems to be more of, like, let me send out passive-aggressive things. Like, he certainly works really hard, but, you know, I'd rather have the psychopath than the guy sending, like, shitty things like a fifth-grade girl. Well, I totally agree with that, and, and 
and that is, and a lot of this, I know we haven't really gotten to like the actual playing part of it yet, but a lot of it is that mental thing where you hit it exactly on the head, the passive aggressiveness. There was no Michael Jordan was going to put a cryptic tweet out, which I know that didn't exist yet, but I couldn't imagine in today's world or any world where, where Michael Jordan would put out some cryptic tweet about a player. Yeah. So Jordan made his team better in a way where it was he pushed him, he pushed him, he pushed him to get the most potential out of them. Mm-hmm. And then those people had so much confidence because Jordan had confidence in them that they did better and they thrived. LeBron's thing is, yes, he makes his players better, but he makes he makes teammates better because of his style, because he's a he's a he's a tight end or a fullback playing basketball. Yeah. If you run to the hole and you just bounce into people like you know you're playing you're, you're playing pinball, someone's <laughs> going to be open. Yeah. They're still NBA players. NBA players need to hit open shots. But you can see when he loses a, loses his trust in a guy, the drop off in talent is huge. Yes, absolutely. Um, where you could see, like, you know, you look at a John Paxson, man, whether it was the first season they played together or the last season they played together, John Paxson got better. John Paxson knew, I'm going to get an open shot and I'm going to hit it because, you know, Jordan giving that to me, but he's also not going to, if I miss the shot, be passive-aggressive about it and then make me feel like shit on social media or whatever, mm-hmm. and then I might not see the ball for a few games. I mean, J.R. Smith, obviously, in that case, <laughs> Ron Schumper. But, but think of the guys that he had on his team that he basically handpicked and kind of destroyed them mentally. Yeah. You know? It, 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 I mean, just look at that image of LeBron looking at J.R. Smith when he called when he called that timeout, which was obviously the dumbest thing he could have done. But he just, that ruined him. Yeah. The series was over at that moment right there. And I don't remember a lot of Jordan moments where he was was bringing his teammates down. Now, in practice, he might have beat the hell out of them, but that's a different thing. That's behind closed doors. That's competitiveness. That's showing you I expect what, what I get out there. I don't think LeBron does that. He, he, he doesn't elevate them, but he allows them to be as good as they are, not better than what they are, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he doesn't make them better. He just allows them to play to their capacity. Right, exactly. He doesn't raise their level. I can definitely... As far as their overall games, I feel like Jordan's was just this silky, smooth, athletic game that was real smooth. I thought Kobe actually perfected that to the next level as far as the way he seems so smooth. LeBron, and it's no fault of his own, it's because he's built like this, but his just seems all raw power. So I just feel you can't compare them really as players. They're so different. He's an evolutionary Magic Johnson. I see, I see that because you look and Jordan was so much more finesse. Yeah. Um, and he was physical in a different way. It was a physical in like, like a stamina driven. I'm gonna wear you down. LeBron's physical in a way is I'm big and I'm strong and I'm fast and I'm just gonna keep bulldozing into you until you wear out and I wear out. But but that is something where. It is a little bit of a, it's a crutch for LeBron, too, mm-hmm. because he expects that I'm just going to bulldoze in and I'm going to get that call and I'm going to get what I needed. And you'll notice in a lot of the games that he's lost, and in bigger games they lost, playoff games, that fourth quarter where he has spent, you know, 30 minutes of just running into people, mm-hmm. he starts to wear down. Those layups don't drop. But when the calls aren't happening, he is the first to stop running back on defense. Yep and complaining and going after it. So Yeah, his hands go straight up and he stares at the ref. He doesn't, yeah, he's he's perplexed that there wasn't a call. Yeah, and and again, he, it's a good example of being like a, you know, a genetically modified Magic Johnson. He is what Magic Johnson would be if Magic Johnson was around today with the science and the, the nutrition and the, and, and the, the and, not having sex with all those random people like Magic Johnson. But, yeah. You know, outside of that, that would they would be the same. They would be the same player. They would be the same person. I I think you would have a better chance of taking a lot of these guys from the eighties and nineties and putting them in today's NBA, and them not skip a beat. 
I think you would have a really, really hard time taking some of these guys, even Steph Curry, who I love. I think Steph Curry would get so horrendous. Like, if Jordan Pippen saw Steph Curry, oh, yeah. they would they would destroy him yep. up and down the court. And, and he would never touch the ball. So I think the errors, as different as they are, is really a, a big barometer on, on what type of skill they're actually playing with. Because I felt like before it was much more skill. Yeah. Because you had to get hit more. You had to take more hits. You had to find a way to maneuver in, make the layup, get a rebound. You had to be an all-around player. Now, yeah. can you just bulldoze in and, and, and get to the basket? And if not, can you just shoot 35-footers? Yeah. No can, out there? It's can you draw a foul or can you jack up a three? And that's fine. I mean, yes, it does score more points. Analytically, it's prettier, but... There was a time when the object of basketball was, in fact, to get the highest percentage shot you could on each possession. And that's why everyone is big fans of the WNBA, because that's the way the game is meant to be played, below the rim. Below the rim, and that first skill really takes you to the next Absolutely. Level, about. That's the way Dr. Naismith intended. That's how I feel. I, I feel that... The other, th- of the other thing aside from titles, I mean, LeBron did make it to eight straight finals. But, you know, it was his teammates' fault that they couldn't get over the hump. Um, you know, Michael Jordan played with the greats like Luke Longley and Bill Wennington and Cliff Levingston. Bison yeah. Daley. Yeah, I mean, Brian Williams. dude, Bison Daley could play though. He was, I mean, obviously he had some mental problems and things like that. Not not as many as his brother had, um, but yeah. shit, Bison Daley could play. I remember when he changed his name to Bison Daley. I thought the Pistons drafted a Turkish guy. <laughs> yeah, that was that was But he helped make Scotty who he was. Absolutely. And, and watching the documentary really showed that. Like, it unlocked something in him that he didn't know he had. And just the same thing, like, when Scotty went out in that last season, it unlocked something in Dennis Rodman that, man, he forgot about because he was like, oh, I need to be accountable. I need it. And then obviously, once Scotty came back, Rodman went to, you know, you know, yeah. Vegas and did the that's Rodman, but. I feel like Jordan has so much more control on his players. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they were accountable to him. And, and I don't think there's that same accountability to LeBron. I feel like a lot of the players that he has played with, uh, I mean, look at Kyrie Irving, for example. Absolute nutcase, no problem. I have, you know, yep. health issues, so I can say it. That guy's crazy. But he didn't respect LeBron. He nope. didn't. And, and the only people that I feel like really respected LeBron was Wade and Bosch. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I really, because I know Wade and Wade had a really good relationship with LeBron, and Bosch was never going to get over the mountaintop in Toronto no. without LeBron. So he has a respect. He, he owes him something. Yep. But outside of that, you don't really feel like that, that revere admiration or um, just downright, you know, my dad's going to hit me respect that, that Jordan had, you know? Yeah. And a lot of it too is this the friendly game that LeBron has to play. Like he's ever, you know, he's constantly tweeting out about how everyone is, you know, the his little brother and everything like that. And there's not a competitive to it. And I feel like the old man saying, "Get off my lawn, get off my lawn." But again, it's your hero at ten years old is typically going to be your hero for the rest of your life. Um, and so I was. Obviously, LeBron is not my hero, but Jordan, just everything about him, is, as far as his game went, it was a different time because he was getting he was getting leveled. I mean, his first seven years, he got crushed always. It was a different way you fouled too when you got into the lane. Now, the when you get fouled in the lane, you're getting free throws. You didn't always draw the foul um, call when you were driving the lane then, and it showed that they were doing graphs on um, when Grantland was still a thing. In Jordan's drives to the hole, he received contact on 85% of his drives to the basket. Um, so it's just 
today if you were getting, there's no way LeBron's getting hit 85% of the time. I And I don't blame anyone. I wouldn't want to stand in front of him. And it's also a different type of contact, too. If you watch any old basketball game from the 80s and 90s, they weren't getting fouled and grabbed and, and, and like, oh, gently brought down to the floor. You were getting leveled. It was like you were going over the middle against a linebacker or a free safety, and they were trying to light you up. I mean, look at look at what that bad boy team did to Jordan. I mean, yeah. They crushed him every single time he touched the ball. Well, let's you look at what that bad boy team did to the Lakers. The yeah. It was just destroying people. Well, let's, you know, speaking of football, let's talk about something that nobody talks about with LeBron because he's in year, what, 17 or 18, going balls out all the time. Um, is Could it be possibly some of the uh, Mexican supplements, as they like to say? Could there be some HGH or something like that going on? I mean, he spends, you know, at least a million dollars a year on his body. Is it that far-fetched? to think he would also take something, because the NBA's drug testing policy, um, you have to be, I guess, basically high when you go in to test positive. So it's more of a joke than anything. Yeah, the NBA drug testing policy, you have to be smoking while you were walking in there yeah. for them to fail you for a drug test. Yes. I mean, it, it, it's known that it's a joke. I, I mean, you know, you don't want to you know, have respect it and stuff like that, but, but look at most of the players in the NBA – that are absolute freaks. I mean, even, like, look at Dwight Howard. Dwight mm-hmm. Howard is, is getting old, man. And, he, yeah, he doesn't have the same athleticism as he did, but that guy is built, like, ridiculous. Like, it, it's like a movie. Yeah, it looks, yeah. It looks Photoshop. These guys have, have access to stuff that you and I, the common person, can get to. And I don't think it was known as well back then. I think, yeah, you could yeah, do it back then, but it that was different. You know, you don't see a lot of, like, hulked up guys in that 80s and 90s thing. And, and, no. You know, they were smoking. Out, but, yeah. But, and, and, and doing cocaine and stuff. Yeah. Um, which, is the way, which is the way they should be doing things. Yes. But you don't, but you, you see now is more, everything's so, so science-based. They know, okay, if I give you this and you take this for that amount of time, you're going to, I mean, there's no reason LeBron should be that old and still be playing at the level he is. No. It, it, like in nature or not. Yeah, it defies all logic. And the other thing, Jordan was partying and getting an hour of sleep a night and playing 36 holes of golf before he went out and killed people. LeBron's sleeping 14 hours and having an acupuncturist come and wake him up. I mean, there's a distinct difference between the two. Still slinging, man. Yeah, I think it's got to be something other than just avocados or something. But I'd love to be wrong. Obviously, Brady's a Michigan man, so he's not on anything. But, you know, Peyton Manning was on stem cells his last couple years and on the growth. Um, You know, is myself a world-class athlete? I'll say that once you go north of 35, the body starts to stiffen up quite a bit. No matter, and you spend a lot more time stretching and rolling yourself out than you actually do working out. So it's, uh, you know, that's something you're going to have to look forward to. Um, so I don't know how LeBron does it. He looks better. He looks better now than he did at 25, um, which is freakish. And it, I saw him when he was 20 in a in a company event, and he was one of the largest human beings I'd ever seen in my life. At that time, he was probably about six nine. 250, 260 maybe. Um, and he is just a giant human. I mean, big, huge wrist, every he's just giant. Um, he's an amazing athlete, but you know, again, he ain't no Michael Jordan. No, absolutely not. But I mean, you do look and I mean, geez, look at everybody he's played with that is at a similar age now. Um, they're all hobbled, they're all yeah. walking around like, like, like zombies, man. So, there, I think there's probably something to it. 
I don't think anybody's that lucky or that fortunate to just avoid all injuries whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how I don't know how bad his injury was last year, but. Yeah, that was more making sure they got a top pick so they could get Anthony Davis. Right, exactly. So you're looking at that and going, okay, that you know, that's something that you probably wouldn't have seen. I mean, you watch Jordan getting pissed off that there's a there's a you know a clock count on him for how many minutes he has, and LeBron takes off you know a third of the season because he pulled his hamstring. But whatever, you know. So one player is the greatest and one's not. So let me talk about that because LeBron had eight straight trips to the finals, which I think that's what pushes for me, that's what pushes him ahead of some other people and into third. Because I think that's amazing. Regardless of how weak the East is, to just be that lucky, um, there's gotta be something to, to that type of luck, and it's because you're good as shit. So my thought though is with those two years that Jordan took off. Um, including the you know partial year when they got beat by Orlando, which I think they were getting beat by that Orlando team anyways. Um, that Bulls team. Just they had nobody to play defense in the front court, um, no one to rebound. Do you think there's a chance that they'd burn out in, the, in either of those two seasons if Jordan was there full-time and maybe he doesn't make eight straight finals? Because people pencil him in for those other two titles if he was there. Without a doubt, and I don't know. That's a that's a big burden. He was starting. What I mean, he was getting going out and getting fifty points and just having to do everything, play defense end to end. At a certain point, you're going to wear out, right? I mean, yeah, I, I'm one of the people that pencil him right in and say he wins eight straight titles. I do as well. Yeah, I do as well. You know, so so there is something to it where yeah, he could have he could have worn down, but I don't think he would have worn down. Uh, Mentally for the game or physically for the game, I think mentally he wore down with everything else that was going on. You know, his, his father being murdered, uh, you know, the, the allegations around, you know, hey, uh, you know, and obviously you, you've read the stuff too online and, and, and articles about that stuff. Did, did his gambling just have something to do with it? Was that part of it? Was it a, um, you know, a David Stern imposed retirement? Things like that. Um, I don't see a Michael Jordan-led team in that time, in that period, where he does not get to the finals, and if not get to the finals, he doesn't win those finals. Um, he was just playing at a, an absolutely different level um, than everybody else, and I, I just don't see a way that he doesn't, you know, get to the eight. Now, LeVon James eight, like you said, it. You don't get there by luck. Like that takes that takes skill, that takes talent. Yeah. And I and, and I know I'm an absolute LeBron hater, and I don't ever want. I I, I can't trust that enough. I absolutely I despise him as a basketball <laughs> player. But he's a good basketball player. He's a, he's an extreme talent, and he's an extreme freak of nature when it comes to it. Um, but I think if you said Jordan plays those eight without without the two years off, he goes to all eight, and then we're apples to apples in, in this, the amount of times he went straight to the finals. And, and again, even though you can't compare championship wins because LeBron is never going to get six. No. And he's never going to be undefeated in the finals. You can't, you can't take those losses away. Nope. Teams that were, some of them, completely overmatched and, and, and shocking, like the Dallas Mavericks. There's no way you should have lost the Dallas Mavericks. No, yeah. Really near, you know. Or the second year to the Spurs. Yeah, I mean, that Spurs team was uh, was really on the last leg, and, and if Ray Allen doesn't hit just a Hail Mary, you know, he, he, he lost to the Spurs back-to-back years with a 65-year-old Tim Duncan. And they come out of that with one title, and I think people look at him a lot different. I don't think he leaves if they only get one title. Yeah, I, I, I could see that, too. I mean, I, and, and his saving grace is always going to be beating that 73-win Warriors team. Yep. That is by far his, his best accomplishment. And I don't want to say lucky because, hey, that took a, you know, to come back from 3-1 to win is, is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. But if, if he doesn't get that and that doesn't happen, he's, what, two championships? Two. Two titles. Yep. Well, again, that's assuming that at that point he goes back to Cleveland and wins it. I don't think he goes back to Cleveland without a second title there. Yeah, because then that changes the whole the whole course of the whole course of everything, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
Garnett's won one title, and we we do think of him as a champion and everything else. But okay, let's just if Paul Pierce had won two titles, wouldn't you think of him a little bit differently? Yeah. Um, and I and and I really think they they should have won that second one in, in, against the Lakers in, in seven. But that's a, that's a, for another time. I don't want to go on my Kevin Garnett Boston Celtics love that I had during that time period. <laughs> but um, yeah, it changes it changes a lot about a, a lot about a player. But that that's the difference in conversation that we're having though. It, it, look. Paul Pierce with one championship, I think, is incredible. If you, if you said, hey, Paul Pierce is going to have a title when it's all said and done, you're like, man, Paul Pierce got a ring, right? Like, yeah. Surprising to me. If you said LeBron finishes with three and he's been anointed as the best player since he got in when he was 18 years old, you'd be like, okay, that's kind of a letdown. Yeah. And he had to do it with Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, Ray Allen, uh, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving. And now he's got Anthony Davis. Like, I mean, give me. GM uh, LeBron has found a way to get, play with some good talent the last ten years of his career, though. He definitely has I, found a way. I think he's a way better GM than he is than he is a player. There's, there's no <laughs> doubt about it, especially with surrounding things that he wants. But he, but then you know everything he's had has been catered to him: the coach, yeah, the GM, the players that go around him. And everyone just give him a free check to do what he wants, and then when it doesn't work out, he leaves because he, he he's pissed off or he's pouting. That that team is just left to pick up the pieces. And, exactly. You know. And Jordan didn't want Phil at first. Jordan like Phil grew on him, and then you know they came to love one another. But he what they weren't picking coaches for Jordan after Doug Collins. They had already done that before. Um, yeah. So that was another uniqueness. When I think of the. To, I keep going to how the difference in being cool, um, but my thing with Jordan is is it's the shoes, man. Like everyone's always said, like no, I don't think anybody's waiting in line to get a pair of LeBrons ever. But I've like waited in line online and in person and on my phone many many times, still to this day, sometimes for Air Jordans. Yeah. just its own thing it, it, it's like its own relic man i mean really like i've got i've got a pair of the 11 lows right here and they're the they're the baby blue ones they're the, the when the uh Tar Heels won the championship a few years ago they released them like right yep. after yep. these are my absolute favorite shoes my the 11s are my favorite now there were some ugly ass jordans out there yeah but in 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 my lifetime, I have worn some ugly ass shoes. I have never looked at a pair of LeBrons and said, "Man, I needed to have those. I needed to know a guy that could hook me up with a pair, or I need to get up at three in the morning and, and get online to get a, a you know a ticket or a voucher." The Jordan shoe is is more popular than Jordan the person. I, I believe in some aspects. Now, for you and me, you know, guys that watched him play, yeah, you know it. The person is, is the unbelievable part about it. Yeah, no. The, Any others, man? Yeah. That shoe is, is it. I mean, you watch that first commercial they show in the documentary with him and, and Spike Lee. Like, he created shoe brands, essentially, yep. to be what they are now. Individualized shoes, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he, he's created a marketplace. You look at StockX and all these and all these sneaker apps and, and, and these sneaker apps. He has created a brand Absolutely, it's the it's the crown jewel of athletic logos. I mean, between the and the swoosh is number two, I think. So, yeah. you know, Phil Knight's got a hand in both of those. And without him, without Michael Jordan, Nike is nowhere near that today. So it's just one of those things about him too. It's just another thing that separates him. And that man, it, I think we could go for probably about eighteen hours on the separation between the two. I know. We are. We hate LeBron so much. Well, but he's. There, but there is so many differences, man. There's a reason. Again, you can't discredit him as a player. No, no, but no. When, but, but this is the comparison. The conversation you and I are having, and we've had a million times, is who is better, LeBron 
or Michael Jordan, and and there's no comparison, in my opinion, from from the cultural changes that, that Jordan did with with the you know the, the shoes and, and and everything. Baggy shorts, NBA, man. bald heads. He's done it all. Yeah, bald bald wasn't cool until Jordan came around. You know what I'm saying? Like, what what has LeBron brought to culture? Playing with your friends? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Outside of you know, team up with everybody, <laughs> you know, and, and and stuff maybe on the on the movie side or, or the media side. I guess he's done some cool stuff with. Yeah, you know, I, I, I won't knock him for that because I think some of the stuff he's done has actually been pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. But what else has he brought? I look at like if you if you gave me the Jordan logo and LeBron's logo, I'd be like, okay, well that's absolutely ridiculous, terrible. Shoe to shoe, image to image, icon to icon, they're they're two they're two totally different yep. planes, man. It's not even the same. Yep, I agree. And it's because it one is an athlete that became a global icon and one is a businessman that wanted to become a global icon who happened to be an athlete. Exactly, man. And that's so. the biggest thing. So with the the lockdown, we're still gonna be locked down here in Michigan. Um for a couple more weeks, what do you have any good recommendations for some doc, some sports docs, anything basketball related? You know, I I still can't get enough of what's going on right now, so I'm really excited to like Sundays are like the best yes. day of the week because you get your your two episodes of of this. I like the um, slow drip consumption too. I like that I don't have all ten of them to watch right away. Yeah, I think uh, and, it, and it, it's great, and especially in today's. You know, yeah. society where everything is just, you be, oh, here's all 10, you know, see you later. All right. Thanks for joining me, Jan. I appreciate it. All you guys, I appreciate you listening and downloading. I know you could be anywhere else, but you chose to be here with me. I'm going to go ahead and keep cranking out some more material over the next couple weeks, give you some content to listen to so you don't go fucking crazy during this quarantine. Just try to keep positive, lots of meditation. Go ahead and look inside to yourself and find your true peace. (laughs) Whatever the fuck you want to do. Big fights coming this weekend. Hope everyone can enjoy some sports. Get outside, enjoy the weather, whether it's hot or cold. Enjoy some time with your animals. Pet your dog. Take it for a walk. If you've got a cat, I don't know what you do with a cat, but pet it, I guess. All right, guys, take it easy. We'll talk to you down the road.